So here's what I'm going to do for you, Derpy Derp. I am going to answer this while doing a Kareem impression. And, and I am not going to be racist. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. <laughs> my name is Michael Lockie, and I am joined today with my co-host Brent Philbin. Whoop, whoop, we're in and we're doing it. We're doing it. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, we are we are recording the Friday flagship, the, the Black Friday flagship. Black Friday flagship. On, there is going to be a great deal on crypto basic merchandise. It's gonna be the same price that it has been all year. But if you purchase it today on Black Friday, you're gonna get it with two day shipping. <laughs> From Amazon. <laughs> uh, and Bitcoin is like 80% off. So don't That's worry. Good, Every, everything else is going to be on sale. It's it's the Black Friday flagship. Uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with our normal Friday flagships, that is where we like to discuss the weekly news, the nonsense, and all the other stuff that gets tossed around in the cryptocurrency space. And there's a lot of that in this episode. However, uh, I want to start off with a little bit of a positive start. I don't know if you can see this announcement here, Brent, but... Um, on Twitter, our buddy Vesa, who is in the crypto convos, is doing an art exhibit in Miami. And that's going to be he's keynoting and exhibiting at this incredible event at the Art Basel in Miami on December. Is that Art Basel? Oh, shit. December the 6th. So Art, art Basel is like a like a combo music festival slash art thing that like. You know the the real the real hipsters go to they they go see art in the day and then they do drugs and listen to music at night. Well, I I can't speak for any of the evening activities, but Vesa will be there. And you know, if you want to go back and listen to the crypto convos, and if you're going to be in Miami, hopefully you can attend. If not, you know, go check out the website and it's on Eventbrite.com. I see here. So if you want to get your tickets, go do that. I think that's the day we get back from the conference. Maybe if we're like. You know, I mean, what on, if like maybe we'll go do what, a rager with Vesa? What uh, what airport are you getting into? Um, Miami, I think. Oh, you're coming into Miami, so you're going to yeah. be down there already. Yep. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll be able to pop by. I know. So, I know. Kareem uh, Vesa was the one who did that. Interview. Tagged us on Twitter this morning, asking us if we were going to be there, and you know that's that's how I got got a hold of this. You know, short notice, but hey, uh, I told him we're going to try. I make no promises. We we're two of our team members are going to Thailand. Um, and I was not able to free up enough time to get a free trip to Thailand. So uh, we're going to do our best, Vesa, I promise. And anyone listening to this that's in Miami, go check this out. Otherwise, we're going to move on to some news. We're going to talk about what's going on. Brent, a little bit of price talk. Let's let's get into it. It's the only thing that's on people's mind right now. What, what do you got to say? Yeah, I will say that finding news stories for today's flagship was rough because... Everybody just wants to post memes. They want to post, uh, you know, their the Wolf of Wall Street memes are coming up in there. We're not fucking selling. Or they're posting upside down roller coaster guy. Or there's some new memes with like Black Friday pricing. <laughs> and uh, it look, there's a lot of talk about price, and we understand that this is kind of what the people want, and they want to hear. They want to hear about it. They want to talk about it. Remember, we don't really do a whole lot of talking about price we're never thinking we're never looking at something like oh man this is, this is a good deal i want to buy this uh we we don't do that but we will have just a quick discourse here about 
you know, what's going on and why, what the price is, you know, we, we don't want to be one of those elitist turds that say, come on guys, price doesn't matter. Shut up. It's about the tech. Obviously, if you're making an investment and the price goes down and you check your portfolio and it's worth 10% of what it was worth at the beginning of the year, it is, it hurts, it sucks, it stings. Um, you know, the, Remember that you still that the tech is still something that you believe in. Hopefully, if you don't believe in the tech, then I can then I can really see how this is a big problem for you. Uh, if this was a get rich quick situation for you, which we've very much cautioned from day one of this podcast, that that's not what you're looking at. You're looking at a very long time horizon on this. We don't know how to value this stuff. Nobody does. Uh, no, no YouTubers, no TA turds on Twitter. Nothing like they don't know how to how to value this. Their their TA is worth absolute shit um you, you know what, what what would have been worth something just holding us dollars apparently because that is where that is where we were at all the technical analysis in the world couldn't have predicted this so uh crypto is a long a long-term play i it's, do want to stop you for a second there there were plenty of people that predicted this well okay there's always people that predicted uh it's going to go down it's going to do this but um they if they're if the true people would have said, I believe in crypto, but I'm not going to buy it at all this year. And I don't think we saw anybody who predicted that particularly. You know, we, we definitely look up down is 50 50. So some people are going to predict it. Some people are. not Right. Yeah. I guess that for, for me to say that, like people predicted this, I agree. But those same people are also the people that are predicting it's going to keep going lower. And, and that's not where we stand. So um, I don't think that their their stance is going to be correct. It's just in the meantime, it's been correct. It's been more correct. Yeah, I, I I could be wrong. There could be somebody who is very pro crypto, believes in it a lot, and is and was saying, look, it's way overvalued. Don't touch it for a long time. But I believe in it. That I don't know that anybody's done that though, and I don't agree with that. Um, there there are a lot of factors that we can't factor in. Bitcoin Cash is probably putting some pressure on this. Um, there is uh, always conspiracy theories out there. There's ICOs trying to recuperate their losses some of them are running second icos because why the fuck not um one of them not some of them (laughs) our friend substratum uh stay tuned next week for a little bit more of a deep dive into that um looking forward to it here's something i will say here's a little bit of a positive might be time to grab a gaming computer i wanted to get your spin as to why well because i went i wanted to like look into getting a gaming computer and building my own, and the problem was the fucking graphics cards were so much money. You couldn't find one for even close to retail, so you had to buy a pre-made computer, which is often not going to have the specifications that you want in a computer. So it was a it was a challenge to find the right thing. Now you're actually getting like some Black Friday discounts on on GPUs because mining currently isn't profitable. Uh, it it on for instance Bitcoin, I think. Some I think the number for hash rate and profitable mining is like seven grand or something. So they're very likely most of the network is losing. It's a good time if you're not necessarily for mining. Now you could accumulate for a mining rig too if that's what you see in the future. But just for a personal value, buying something for yourself, buying something for somebody for Christmas, getting a graphics card that is good enough to run VR or like a like a 1070 or a 1080. And being able to put it into a computer and not have to pay the mining price premium is nice. I don't know if it'll ever hit that premium again, but that's definitely a positive that has a tangible 
value that you can use and see that isn't just an investment. It's something that you might have been putting off. There was a mention by the Crypto 101, uh, Matthew, when he was on here about one of the coins that he likes where it doesn't use a complex CPU to mine it. A basic PC could mine it. I found that particularly interesting. I wanted to ask him more about that Um, because, yeah, if you – if you only let the elite people mine, then it becomes very difficult, right? Only the, it becomes centralized in its own weird way. Um, and it was interesting is that I literally just ordered a brand new computer. It's, it's completely ordered top to bottom. Um, I, I, I paid for it in Bitcoin before the recent drop. So thank you. Got him. Did, did get another discount on top of it thus far. Uh, but I am going to look back in a couple of years and think of how much I lost on that computer. But, um, uh, yeah, let me just think here. I'm, try, I'm trying to look at the specs of my new computer and it's all like in another language to me. So, well, the, the video card is probably going to say like 1070, 970, uh, or or maybe it'll be like five something. Mm, oh, uh, Radeon RX five eighty eight gigabyte graphics. Card. Okay, yeah. So it's so it's the um, it's that it's that side. So yeah, the the ones that are like ten seventy are the Nvidia chips, and that one's the AMD. So or not chip, but uh, card. So that you, that one is on what to mine. If you go on there, you can put your thing in there and see what you can mine with it. So like I could run that computer to mine sometimes, like if I wanted to. Not, not, or not really. I mean, you okay. could not profitably. You okay. could do unless one of those coins, like uh, like like Matthew was talking about, that is uh, CPU mining, but still probably probably going to be very difficult to find something profitable to mine with like just versus one electricity. Video yeah, yeah. If you're if you're not paying for your electricity, if it's like included or something, <laughs> then go ahead. We could you know until um until somebody comes to you and be like, why the why is the electricity so high then yeah um so anyway that was one little fringe benefit if you have any fiat left and you still believe in the tech this is obviously a reasonable time to consider buying in but who knows we don't know where the bottom is nobody does and we don't know where the top is either so it's uh it's the reality of the situation i went back and got a job recently because i want more money i like i don't know what to say like i i didn't expect to have this opportunity to buy crypto and um, I don't know if this is the bottom so I'm going to put a little bit of money in each week and I'm not going to worry about it and I'm just going to see where it takes me and uh, I'll keep the job as long as I want to feel like working there and if I find something else or if this becomes more of my time then that'd be great but for the time being I still believe so much that I went and made sure that I had more fiat coming in so that I could get more. It's also important to Actually, it's super smart, by the way. I need to do that. I got turned down for some jobs already. Hashtag crypto exchanges we won't talk about. Uh, but the uh, the interesting thing is the stock market is also tanking. I mean, it, it is. Some, some of my money wants to go into there, too. I mean, that's part of what all of this is, like having a balanced life and you know trying to diversify. Yeah, but Pomp, Pomp put out a tweet that was uh, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google have lost a collective $1 trillion in value since their 52-week highs. Um, and they lost more in 60 days than all of the cryptos did all year. That's not percentage-wise, but certainly actual dollar-for-dollar-wise. That is true. Um, I actually like Pomp a lot, but I don't like this tweet. This is nonsense to me. This is unnecessary. This is not. This is like comparing apples to oranges. Yeah, I agree. And I, it's it's 
important to note that we're still somewhat correlated with the overall um, stock markets, at least in the U.S. And I don't think we're going to see massive separation from that until there's another recession. And in that recession, there will be some bailouts and quantitative easing and that kind of thing, which will really piss people off because it's going to be the same as it was before. And now there's more of a community behind Bitcoin that it may be more of an obvious answer. Yeah, let's just say, Bitcoin let's just barely say existed. there's t- five times as many voices speaking for Bitcoin the next time around, right? Like that, maybe that's a low number. Maybe it's a high number. I don't know. But like the, this time around, there'll be five times as many people saying that like we're not okay with this anymore. I'm interested to see what happens after Thanksgiving because people attribute one of the big rises in price to Thanksgiving table conversation being about cryptocurrency where people were who knew were coming in saying, no, 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 guys, like this is this is the deal and talking about it. And it got people excited and was non-zero related to the um, to the bull run. But as we've said before, when these when these networks get clogged up and it's costing fifty dollars to send a transaction, it really shows that the that the coins got ahead of their um, ahead of their use there. So calm down. Remember. We are not financial advisors, but the more important part of that is do not invest any more than you can afford to lose. These investments have inherent risk. Cryptocurrency is extremely volatile. It will be for a very long time. The market cap is not very high. So it, you know, overall, the the overall amount of cryptocurrency in existence is very small compared to any other commodity or, um, or security that would be on par with it. So, just continue to learn, learn the fundamentals, learn the tech, learn about decentralization, maybe get involved somehow. This might be a good time to to find your way into a into a company. I don't know. But so I I always get reminded of a a YouTuber that uh, put something on Twitter really early in my crypto career that really resonated with me. And I, and I believe it was Kareem that showed this to me, but I'm going to remind that I've mentioned this on the show several times, but it's been a while I feel like, and his, his tweet was basically comparing Bitcoin to an early Apple stock. And basically it said, you know, if you had the opportunity to go back and buy Apple early on, and you believed Apple could be what it could be today, you'd have a couple options. And he basically, because Carter Thomas is a trader and he believes in the trading a little bit, but he also understands there's a lot of fundamental analysis that needs to go into this. And he basically said, you'd have two options. You could either learn how to trade it or you could go work harder to make more money to just buy it. And like, if you just buy and hold, it's a perfectly reasonable strategy. People believe in trading. I personally don't. Brent doesn't. You know, we don't. We don't think that's the right way to go. But some people do. Whatever it is that you do, this is your this is your opportunity, right? You're at a crossroads. If you believe in this, if you believe in the future, like now's your time. Yeah. All right. Well, it, all those memes are like anybody got any more of that three hundred dollar ETH? Like, all right, it's gonna be a hundred dollars in a couple of days. So, <laughs> you could get that little guy and fix it. All right. Enough about price, Mike. I'm sick of it. No more price talk. We're over it. Sorry, guys. Alrighty, so we're gonna move to Switzerland here, and I guess this might be in the wrong section, but that's all right. We'll we'll let it slide. They might have created <laughs> a crypto ETF. What is this all about? It's not in the wrong section. Believe me, we have some stuff in crypto around the world. Don't worry. All right. So <laughs> I almost put Vesta in crypto around the world too, but I thought announcements was better. <laughs> the uh yeah there's a the equivalent of an etf called an etp 
on a Swiss exchange. It's the fourth largest exchange in the EU. I don't know what that means as far as volume, but it is a cryptocurrency fund that is real, not paper. So it's not like you're just buying the thought of these things. When somebody buys a piece of this fund, they are buying the actual coins that are related to the fund. Um, and they're held by a custodian that is, uh, you know, audited by the Swiss law. Uh, their distribution, I thought, was interesting. Their distribution is 47% Bitcoin, which we can probably understand. 30% XRP. Yeah, I, I actually feel like it It looks great if you just, like, leave off the XRP, right? Like, I actually like the percentages. I like the ratios. I don't mind, you know. I, I You look. know what? Flip it with Ethereum. I might have liked it a little bit. But they're right. I mean, right now, like, XRP has held up much better than the others. So say what we will about not liking what they stand for, they their token is holding its value. Um, it's it's definitely they've held up a lot stronger than I've expected over the, over this year in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm pro Ripple in any way, but I'm I'm starting to find less reasons to, to hate on them. Yeah, look, look again, we've always said Ripple is probably a reasonable company, <clears throat> but that we just don't I just thought of a great analogy. I th- are they are they the Google of of the crypto space? Like no, they have no. they have all this power that they haven't abused yet that we fear that they could abuse. I don't think so because Google pr- provides such a great experience. But maybe well, they do I provide a great experience. experience I don't know what kind of experience they provide. I don't. I, I mean, yeah, we're not institutional investors. I I just feel like Stellar feels strictly better. I don't know. Like they have their decentralized exchange and everything. So anyway, thirty percent XRP. Fifteen point nine nine percent Ethereum. Yeah, we definitely couldn't go, go to sixteen percent. Yeah, definitely couldn't go to sixteen percent. Oh, fifteen point nine nine is the right ratio. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're they're holding Bitcoin Cash ABC BCH ABC three point four four percent. Litecoin two point six eight percent. Um, you know, like maybe Litecoin could have been a little higher. I don't know. And probably these higher percentages than are fixed, right? They just stay at this ratio. Uh, I that's unclear. I think they rebalance in some fashion. Uh, Maybe monthly. quarterly, they try to like rebalance in some way. Think it was monthly. I don't know. Whatever. Their ticker was supposed to be HODL. <laughs> the article said the ticker was HODL, which is the greatest ticker for a cryptocurrency fund ever. But they uh, now that they're live, they they're live on um, that exchange, which link is in the show notes. Since they went live like hours ago, they're down ten percent. Um, and they're on the live exchange. It's called A Moon Crypto Basket Index ETP. So it doesn't have HODL anywhere. So I don't know if that's actually going to be there. There. Um, Did you go a moon on purpose? I would have said a moon. A moon. A moon. I don't know. A when moon. When? Oh, a moon. Hey. Yeah, that's what no. I thought. I thought you did that on purpose. No, I didn't. But now I understand. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just so, out of curiosity, like this thing gets launched. Who's who, like? Is it the company that owns all these shares? And then like when they put them public, it's it like. People are just paying less than the, I don't know. I I guess I don't understand how this transaction works. There the fund the fund whatever that fund is is probably charging like one percent or something to do the transactions basically. So so you invest in their uh, their ETF and they have very small fees compared to uh, like a mutual fund which would take like three percent or whatever. So I but I'm guessing that's kind of how ETFs work here. They have a very small. Sometimes it's less than 1%, a uh, very small management fund. So this company is buying these coins every time they sell a share, basically. That's all. Did you watch the John Oliver on uh, financial advisors? No. 
It I, was amazing. And basically says we don't need to say that we're not financial advisors at the end of our episodes, which and says we could print off a financial advisor certificate from his website if we wanted to. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to look at that because if we can print a certificate and say we are we yes. are financial advisors, no, I it's would... ridiculous, bro. The episode was amazing. I saw it last night. I put it in the Discord chat already. Hey, if you're interested in joining our Discord chat, you can check the show notes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I. It was great. It needs to be watched. I have long had disdain for financial advisors ever since I there was a period of my life where I was considering getting into it. And I realized it was just pushing shitty investments on people was like uh, how same you had thing to start. with my buddy Andrew. He got a he got a degree in finance and just like looked at the industry and said, I just don't have the I can't do this, man. And I don't blame him. Like I want to do it. I would love to be a financial advisor, but I just want to be able to give the right advice. Yes, and you are not incentivized to give the right advice. So um, it sucks, and and I feel like there needs to be a move towards fee-based financial advisors rather than commission-based, but commission-based feels better because you're not paying somebody up front to do something. So anyway, uh, enough on hating on financial advisors, which we are speaking not, of, by the speaking way. Speaking of the, the financial world, looks like uh, back's being pushed back a little bit. What happened? Backed is getting Back. pushed back. All right. <laughs> back is back. All right. Yeah, we, the, need, we need a Backstreet Boys uh, back uh, remake for sure. Yeah, backed is backed. We can do something with that for sure. All right. We'll have to find that instrumental. All right. So, backed is the institutional product that we've been talking about. It's from the U.S. Uh, it, it's involved with the ICE, the ICE um, uh, group. That is involved in the uh, – uh, I think it was uh, – they're institutional. I, I can't remember all the specifics. Anyway, everybody's waiting on them to kind of like save the world of crypto. I don't think they're going to save the world. But it, look, it's always nice to have more adoption and ways that things happen. Brent, what do you mean? I think they're going to make the prices go up by 25% for like 36 hours and it will trickle down by 2% over the next seven days. What's the problem? Oh, shit. I didn't realize it was that easy. Okay. It's going to save crypto. <laughs> save save the crypto okay uh it's still subject to approval but they got moved back to uh january 24th instead of the original december 12th so they um they said that the new, the new listing frame will provide additional time for customer and clearing member onboarding originally uh december 12th like i said um it's still subject to approval look if there's an apocalypse going on this isn't going to stop it like all of a sudden people aren't going to think oh now that back is here the price should be higher. It, it's just, it just isn't going to snap everybody out of this. All right. So I actually, don't- I have to go back for a second. So I did mention that John Oliver piece. And like one of the things that it kind of reminded me, cause he talked a lot about retirement plans. And one of the things that kind of reminded me about was it took a long time for, I think, I think the episode said <clears throat> um, 24 trillion is the total in retirement accounts or something like that in the U S and but it takes so long for those for that to grow, right? It takes so long for all that money to 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 like penny by penny get into that amount. Mm-hmm. Like these crypto, the crypto adoption is going to take a lot of a lot of time, and, and like the the ways that Bitcoin be can be implemented into the traditional financial world. It just it's there's going to be a lot of little seeds that need to be planted. And I don't think it's not people coming in, buying billions at a time. That's going to make the price skyrocket. It's hundreds of thousands of people buying twenty dollars worth pretty regularly. 
Yeah, and more on that later in the episode. Or more on something like that later in the episode. Uh, so yeah, look, Backed is good. I'm happy it's coming. Uh, and it's going to help lead to more regulatory certainty in the United States. But the the end result is this is not Jesus Christ. All right? So in, enjoy it coming. Don't bank on this being the, the thing that saves everybody. But... The members of the Crypto Basic Podcast do not know what Jesus is, where he comes from, or when he or if he will return. In the <laughs> meantime, let's move to crypto from around the world. So, Brent, we're about to have two listeners on the show from the state of Wyoming. Why yes. is that? Okay, so IOHK is moving to Wyoming. Input Output Hong Kong, the company that Charles Hoskinson founded, is moving to Wyoming. It's literally Output Hong Kong in Wyoming. It, yeah, it's. I don't know if IOHW is going to have the. Wait, no, hold on. IOW. 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 That's almost Iowa. Oh, my God. <laughs> they can't do that. Oh, my oh. God. Where are they not in Iowa? <laughs> yeah. Internet of... Uh, Input, output, you know. Well, no, Iowa would be I-O... Oh, it would be I-O-A, which would, you could pronounce Iowa, I guess. I-O-E. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, Input, Output, Hong we Kong is... We are also idiots. <laughs> yeah. They're moving to Wyoming, and now I feel really terrible about all the things that we've said about you, Wyoming listeners. So, please, um, we take all that back. Let Charles know we love him. Apparently, he lives in Colorado, as it is anyways, so I don't think he's moving to Wyoming because I wouldn't want to move to Wyoming from Colorado, probably. Why not? Uh, uh, you know what? No. The, no, no. Here's the thing. What if they build, like, a Google-style campus, like, somewhere in Wyoming? And, like, they actually – they mentioned somewhere um, – I, I read this week, there's a bunch of other, like, large tech companies that have – big like industrial space in wyoming like this could just be a, like a future malta style like budding of of you know the u.s yeah we've said a million times wyoming is trying to make it very attractive for blockchain they, and crypto they've companies been very to attractive to cryptocurrency in their state laws and that's been noticed and mentioned on the show at least three times yep so <laughs> yes specifically put crypto around the world from wyoming in here uh, maybe you know, we'll maybe we'll get a chance to ask Charles about that. I don't know what kind of time he's going to be able to give us, but we'll fi- we'll that find out. Be, that that should find its way into the fireside chat for sure. <laughs> All right, Brent. We've been we've been polite. We've been respectful. We've been courteous this episode. I'm not sure where we're going in the rant section. So uh, there was an unpopular opinion you wanted to discuss, and what's it going to be? So the person posted on Reddit and um, they said this is an unpopular opinion and I thought it was would be interesting to discuss it. So what they said was unpopular opinion. Those who use Bitcoin to buy drugs online are doing more for Bitcoin than the vast majority of hodls. Um, and it, obviously the this user, the user's name was Afro Chicken, uh, put more into it than than that. There's a there's a couple paragraphs which I won't read, but the thesis is the same. So. Those who use Bitcoin to buy drugs online are doing more for Bitcoin in the vast majority of hodls. First thing I'm going to say is I don't think that that many people are buying drugs with Bitcoin online anymore. I think that the I, if I'm going to guess, and I, this is a complete guess, I would bet that the most transactions for Bitcoin itself online are being done transactions now that are like non-speculative trading and all that 
where they're actually trying to get value is poker, more than likely. Now, I, and I understand that's kind of trading Bitcoin for U.S. dollars, but it is in order to specifically use that service. Well, Bitcoin is Bitcoin poker is very popular in China. That's a very large industry right now. Yeah. So I, I would guess that gambling overall is probably the best or the thing that it is being used the most for. And to be fair, it is skirting around some laws by doing that. But I don't think because of what happened with Silk Road, I don't think that a lot of drugs are being bought with Bitcoin. I mean, I've not, I, I don't know. That's not my scene. But my guess is if they're using drugs, they're using Monero. They're using or they're buying drugs, they're using Monero. I, do know, I, I did hear that some of the markets are in Monero now instead of um – Bitcoin. I mean, I don't know. I've never used one of these, despite some of the things that I say on and off air. <laughs> yeah. I, look, yes, the Silk Road and uh, and Ross did more, probably more for Bitcoin's value than any single entity did as it was coming up, because they proved a use case. They proved that people would take it. They proved that it had value, and it continued to use be used and have value for a very long time. Even the drug world is like the, the drug world is like the best stress test for trust, right? Like it's a, it's a trustless system, and if it happens to work in that, then all the parts of the equation need to be on the same page. Yeah, well, there was there was trust in Silk Road because you had to trust that the person would send you the money, so there needed to be like ratings and stuff like that, or not the money, but the uh, the the product. But right, but as a currency, it did every function. It could it it proved the proof of concept that it could be traded for something. Yes. It, it proved that you could trade it for goods and services. And they very, very many times people will say that porn is at the the front end of the technological revolution. And I, I feel like there's a good chance that that drugs and and um, other illegal activities are, too. I mean, early forum usage was probably a lot of people with ideas that were uh, considered not legal or look. I think that transactions that are buying and selling of goods and services are much more important to Bitcoin, to crypto as a whole than somebody buying and hoarding it. In fact, I think if everybody bought and hoarded it, it would have the opposite effect because nobody would ever use it because they would all expect it to go up in value. And there was a, there's actually a specific effect to, to that, that it won't gain mass adoption if everybody refuses to use it. So using it is important, and those that do are doing everyone a service. Now, unfortunately, the intersection of those that use it constantly and those that believe in it being the future is not very high because if you're believing in it being the future, you think it's going to go up and you don't want to use it. So, uh, yes, I agree with this person that that the people who use it for goods and services are doing more than hodlers for the value. I had a really interesting thought that I didn't have going into this, but – more than anything else, I feel like traders use Bitcoin than any other people. And for me, when I got into Bitcoin and when I started looking at alts, when I started looking at diversification, Bitcoin was my key to that entire world, right? Like almost every exchange had mostly Bitcoin pairs. So when I was getting into it, that was my ability to unlock all of that. And, you know, I don't know. I think that, yeah, there's... A lot to be said about transacting with Bitcoin being beneficial for the future of it, but I don't know, like whatever. Yeah, that's part of the use case, but it it's just it's only an un- unpopular opinion because we're talking about drugs and it's like a shameful topic that people don't like talking yeah. about. 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, whatever people want to do with their money is what they want to do with their money. So <clears throat> transactions help Bitcoin. And yes, the fact that it is a base pair for trading helps its value immensely as well. Um, if that if it was a different coin that was a base pair, we would have an interesting. That was probably my first big like realization that Bitcoin is like so much stronger than everything else. It was my first like realization that, you know, there was that time even kind of early when we started this show, how Bitcoin, the fees were like twenty dollars to transact it. And like we saw all these inferior or all these superior products that were just like newer and oh, all these things that could do it better. But you know, that was the one thing that I came back to was just like, it's uh, it's gone through so many d- destructions already and it, and it keeps surviving. Bitcoin's really here. It is. All right. So that's that user's unpopular opinion. Let's get into some other unpopular opinions. Ours. Yeah. Let's get into the mailbag section. <laughs> Yeah, Crip Basic, Flags your Friday, you listen to the mailbag drop, where we break down a member's thoughts, just starting crypto, don't you stop, keep listening till you hit the spot, woo! Alright, uh, Lumma fucks. congrats, uh, baby girl is no longer in NICU, which is the ICU for kids, so kids back home, everyone's good, happy, congratulations. Beautiful. Uh, he asks, what project or concept in the space has your greater appreciation for decentralization changed the most from when you started? Uh, that's what project or concept in the space has your, uh, well, dang, I don't, um, uh, I get a good answer actually. Okay. Um, and I think my, my original appreciation for, um, centralized exchanges, um, being a working product and the fact that there were so few working products in the space, it had a use case. I thought those tokens, um, would hold up in value a little greater than they have. And I thought that, you know, even though it was from a centralized perspective, it was, you know, something that is needed in the space. And I thought that, you know, centralized exchanges and their tokens um, would catch my attention more than they still do. <laughs> Hashtag costs. Yeah. KuCoin costs. I mean, there was a couple, I mean, even Binance coin, like they're, they're reducing the trading distribution fees. And I don't know, it's like how many more use cases is, is the Binance coin going to have? It was at, it was at 50% trading fee discounts. It's down to 25% now. And like, I believe that was in the roadmap all along. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not something that they're springing on. And I'm not saying that as a downside, but you know, are they going to keep adding use cases for the coin? Well, we'll see. So the project or concept in the space that has made me appreciate decentralization more is probably BitConnect. Um, you know, or any other of these various exit scams that are on the ICOs. Anytime we see this happen in an unregulated in an unregulated space, when there isn't regulation, it has to be decentralized because if it's centralized with no regulation, people are just going to do shit. They're going to do what they want to do. Um, so the decentralization matters to control the. Uh, the unregulated aspect it needs to be regulated by the the masses and what they want so something like the dow on dash or something like that is significantly better than somebody doing an ico and saying hey this is how we're going to spend the money so my appreciation for decentralization has increased because of all the shitty scam projects that take advantage of the trust the community puts in them all right next question from derpy derp in the discord uh 
what do you think of the BCH fiasco? Uh, what do you think the BCH fiasco may do for the long-term health of the crypto community? And he was particularly interested in Captian Kareem's take on this. So here's what I'm going to do for you, Derpy Derp. I am going to answer this while doing a Kareem impression. And, and I am not going to be racist. I know that that's what you wanted me to do. You were ready for it. You were ready for me to come out with an Arabic accent and talk about blowing up buildings. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I'm just going to try yeah, to. That's definitely not your style. No, I'm just going to try to be Kareem. All right. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. And you, you need to understand this and you really need to, to think about this from, from the, the big perspective. Okay. What does the BCH fiasco have to do with the crypto community as a whole? What it means is you need to invest in big coins. You don't need to invest in their inferior counterparts. So, yes, Bitcoin Cash was a high market cap, but you'll see that I didn't put it in my portfolio when we had our portfolio contest. Oh, by the way, who won that portfolio contest? Oh, oh, Brent. Oh, who won that? Oh, uh, yeah, you did, Kareem. Okay, thank you. And, and as you can see, I am correct in this in saying that the BCH fiasco is going to have a long-term effect on the crypto market just because of how people perceive it. Perception is reality. So the crypto community is going to be hurt by this for a very long time. Craig Wright is not Satoshi. And please vote for Bernie Sanders in 2020. And Brett and Mike, guys, you just just remember, you know, remember the types of people that were involved here, right? The types of characters that were involved. When you invest your time and your money into people that you can't trust, what do you think is going to happen? What did you expect? Craig Wright, boom. Roger Ver, boom. These are just not good people. Bitcoin Cash, it's a joke. I've said it all along. Forget about it. Oh, and uh, Brent, you're fat. Wow, thanks, Kareem. That was a very elongated answer. Fuck you, Kareem. Holy shit. Yeah, take that, derpy derp. Uh, Final part of the mailbag via Twitter from crow underscore 118. Had three questions. You know what? We have trouble getting mailbag questions. So if you give three, I don't know. I'm more likely to post them. I like that you're very interested. So uh, what is your favorite sector in crypto? Did it change throughout 2018? Brent. Okay, so first I'll say we have trouble getting good mailbag questions. <laughs> what do you think of shit project number one, shit project number two? We can't answer those because we we don't feel like doing the research for, for our mailbag question. But this one we can answer. What is your favorite sector in crypto? Did it change in 2018? I think it did. Uh, towards the beginning of 2018, I was focusing more on usable products and the things that I saw had the path of least resistance to – actual like usability things like engine or things like um uh spank chain really got me excited because i could see a very short and sweet route to being taken by somebody but my and while i still think that's important and and i don't know if those projects you know are going to achieve that sooner than later what i am now more interested in is the projects that uh, are interested in achieving decentralization on the biggest platform because in an unregulated space, I feel like that's all that we can trust and that's all that's going to hold up in the end. So the more the more a project is willing to decentralize, do it correctly, and do it the right way, the more that part holds my interest. So if I were making the, the Brent fund, it would probably include many of the coins with DAOs uh, or, or many of the coins with other decentralized uh, governance. It would not include... Anything like EOS or um, or like a Ripple, it wouldn't include any 
any of the, you know, like Binance, I still wouldn't include Binance until they go fully decentralized, any of that stuff. So, and, and not that I don't like Binance. I talk about liking Binance all the time, but the, that, that just wouldn't be a coin that I would hold in my portfolio. Well, I, even though I do hold Binance, I guess, cause I have some on that exchange that got to pay for the fees somehow. <laughs> so I guess I'm lying on that one. Yeah. I think I got like 2.3 Binance. Coins yeah. yeah. There's, there's chilling. some non-zero amount that'll like pay for any trade I do for the rest of my life. Cause my trades are not exactly high volume. So that uh, that will definitely sit there. But yep, so DAO's decentralization, radical decentralization, radical governance, that kind of thing. I, I would I would say my answer is very similar. Uh, the DAO and treasury systems um, as an extension of decentralization and governance as a combo. I like those very much. And um, and, and privacy in a lot of ways. Like I was. Oh, yeah. I, I've I've become a lot more conscious of my privacy. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to encourage others to do the same. Uh, we did cover this, this a little bit earlier in the episode, but he asked also, do any of you mine, if not any plans on it one day? If not at all, how come? Um, well, for one, mining is very complicated and it's a difficult process. Um, I'm not a very computer savvy guy, so I lean on my friends, particularly Brent, a lot. Uh, so Brent doesn't want me to get into mining, I assure you. Um, <laughs> it's like That's in, like buying your grandparents a computer. And getting a call every day. What do I do here with the start button? It's bad. I'm sorry. I, I feel bad, dude. I feel bad. But like, I want to do it the right way. And like, I, see, I have this fear when it comes like business stuff. I have this fear that like, if I just go ahead and do it the way that I want to do it, then it might create more work for you. So like, it, it's easy to justify to myself. Like, well, I'll just ask him real quick. And like, we'll just make sure that I don't fuck it up for him too. And I don't know. Yeah, I can but, only imagine uh, how, that would, how that would go with mining. But my my own personal look. I tried mining a little bit. I, I messed with Monero on like an old uh, an old GPU that I had. The end result is I don't know enough about computer programming to do mining. You need to come up with your own algorithms for. Well, you can use others, but that's not game theory optimal. In order to get the most hashing power out of what you have, you need to have your own repos and your own algorithms and understand al- algorithmic solving of these cryptographic hashes to improve your odds of getting. The uh, couldn't define half the words in that sentence. <laughs> you you need to be playing. You need to be playing a level above your opponents, and your opponents are already fucking smart. So in order to level above them and to get an edge, you need to be smarter, and it is very difficult to do that. So mining is not as simple as grabbing twenty thousand graphics cards, turning them on, and watching it happen. You need to you need to know how to set them up to cool properly. You need to know how to set them up to work properly, and then you need to know how to program the program you're running to solve the programs or to solve the hashes to solve more hashes than the other people with the equivalent equipment to you in order to make it profitable. Because otherwise, it goes down to to very low profit very quickly unless your electricity is subsidized in some way. So. Um, do, do I mine? The answer is no. And do I have any plans to mine? The answer is also no. I feel like my, my money and time that would be required to learn mining and, and buy the equipment necessary would be better spent on the coins themselves or, uh, or on this podcast. I wonder if coders and miners don't realize how smart they are. Oh, no, no, they do. They do. I mean, Listen. like, it, it, there are times where I see, like, the the lack of, of connection in certain things. Like, 
I, you can't just like teach somebody to mind, man. Like I'm a regular guy that I consider myself fairly intelligent and I can actually learn things. And I know how to ask good questions to figure things out. This is a tough thing to learn. Like we're crypto guys, but we're just regular guys trying to learn. Maybe, maybe that is forgotten sometimes. I, here's what I will tell you. Whenever I've had somebody look at some code, like for instance, uh, the Arduino stuff that we work on in the escape room, I don't know how to read the code, but I'll be like, hey, can you look at this and tell me what the hell is going on with this prop? I'll hire somebody to come in and do it. And without fail, every single time any coder I've ever <laughs> met has opened up anybody else's code, they tell you it's shit. So I would say that they all think they are the smartest. I, I do not think that the uh, the coders as a whole would think they or do not realize they're as smart as they are. That's that's a generalization, but it is funny that like every single time they look at it and they're like, oh, this guy had no idea what the fuck they were doing. And I'm like, OK, well, it worked. Uh, but I guess like if you're a sh- if, if you're a coder and you don't explain what you're doing when you do it, it's very difficult to reverse engineering your work. So putting a note in there as to what your functions do and why they do it and how they do it is considered good practice. But if you're writing something just for yourself that you don't expect somebody to look at. It's kind of the lazy way to not do it because you know, looking at your own code, what you did. So, but nobody else can figure that out and reverse engineer it. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's that's the quick version of. Uh, and uh, la- just last question, real quick, then we'll wrap up. Uh, he asked, "Could you recommend any book to someone, fiction or nonfiction? What would you pick and why?" This is one of my favorite Tim Ferriss questions. He asks people uh, the the book they've given away as a gift the most, but. Do you, have I ever? I don't think I've ever get. Oh no! Uh, go the fuck to sleep is probably the one that I've given away as a gift the most. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you could if you could give anybody a, any book, you know what what is the book that you would give the most? Uh, so the book that I often refer to in this scenario is the Black Swan. It's by uh, by Nassim Taleb, and it is very applicable to financial markets. It talks about unpredictability and our our kind of uh, our um, disposition to look back and try to find patterns where they don't exist and try to repredict unpredictable events. Uh, it is a tough. It's a tough read, but it's separated into very small sections, so it's pretty good that way. If I'm, pi- but I've I've suggested that one enough. So if I was picking another one, <clears throat> I really enjoyed the Freakonomics books, and those are very old. But I'm just put coming up with those off the top of my head because. They looked at they looked at things in a different way. They took each problem and they were like, "How can we look at this and mine some data from it and get and glean some interesting perspective?" So, those free, the Freakonomics books and their podcast is pretty cool too. So, um, my number one recommendation would be um, two books by Mark Manson. Um, his older book is Models, and it has to do with you know uh, learning how men. And women interact and how they should interact. And then his follow-up book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, is is phenomenal. But I I think you get so much more out of the out of the second one if you read the first one. And I highly recommend both of them. Um they they really opened up my eyes to um how in control of your own reality you are, how how every every day you invest your attention into things and like what you give your effort into is what you're going to get out of life and uh, really did a lot for me. I highly recommend them. One more. Think twice harnessing the power of counterintuition. If you liked our cognitive biases episode, then that book is good. What was the name of that? Think twice harnessing the power of counterintuition. Michael adding, Mabusine, adding that I think. 
Um, I might be mispronouncing his last name. Awesome. So it is Thanksgiving. Uh, we're less than an hour away from kickoff. I'm sure Brooks oh, going to have there. Yeah, there's there's a full DFS slate today, buddy. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't played DFS in weeks. I don't know that it's beatable anymore, but I do have to set my lineups and I completely forgot. So you're welcome. Uh, I, I will say that I am thankful for this show. Thankful for my co-hosts. I'm thankful for the listeners. We really appreciate it. We wouldn't be anything without you. Uh, we're looking forward to keeping this train rolling and it's going to be a lot of fun no matter what the markets look like. I didn't think about my thankfulness, but I am weirdly thankful for the ability to have a little bit more time to accumulate a little bit more money to put into cryptocurrency at fun prices. It's easy for us to say, and you know, you might think it's not genuine, but we're very, very accustomed to, you know, trading large amounts of money for nothing. And sometimes that (laughs) happens and like, uh, you know, it, it, it gets easier over time. I promise. Wait, before we go, what is the... The stupidest either poker situation where you lost money or just like bet where you lost money where you just never were ever winning and it was just torching. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I can't think of any of the time. There's a lot of them, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I like we've all uh, I, I, uh, I, I believe I've made bets on things that already happened. Without knowing they already happened, but the other person did know they already have. Yes, Charlie did that to me when we were in Aruba. Those guys who ended up being a Ponzi scheme. He like we bet on players uh, that were in day two of the tournament. Like I picked the player and he picked the player, and then my player was out when I picked him, but oh. I didn't know that. And you know, there's questions whether he knew it or not. And uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure he told you he didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And he might not have. I don't know. But I was like, I'm sure it was a day two thing. I'm like, just let me pick another guy. It was it, actually it was who was going to win the tournament. And uh, and I th- I think I picked um, I think I picked fish originally. How did we get on this topic? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I picked I picked fish originally and it ended up being and then I switched to flows and flows one. Or, I don't remember. I just remember he was already out of the tournament. Whoever I picked is already out of the tournament when I picked him. Like always, Brent, you're playing great. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Crypto Basic Podcast. My name is Mike. I was here with Brent. Thanks again for tuning in. We're not financial advisors. We said it already. Please join our Discord and uh, all investments have inherent risk. Mm-hmm.